My guest today is one of the most well-known and accomplished keyboardists and musicians in music today. He's an accomplished solo artist as well as a member of Prague Icon's Dream Theater. I'd like to welcome Jordan Rudis to the show. Hey, Jordan, thanks for being here today. How are you, man? I'm great, I'm great. So you're out in uh, in California. You have a show tonight, right? Yeah, I'm in California tonight. That's great. Uh, what's your sort of prep for a show through the day other than, you know, wasting 15 minutes <laughs> talking to me? Um, well, let's see. You know, we just kind of get off the bus and <clears throat> wipe off the usual delirium from, well, in this case, we had a bus ride from San Francisco last night. We slept on the bus and nothing quite like waking up in a parking lot, you know? Right. And then I put my stuff down. For me, a lot of times I put my stuff down and I'll just like get out and get some air. Like today, I just went for a walk. Helps the grid ahead a bit. And then, uh, you know, maybe get a little bit of something to eat or massage or something and then head over to Soundcheck and meet and greet with a bunch of people and, uh, you know, then basically make your way to the stage. <laughs> And in this case, play for uh, we have a three-hour show every night, so it's right. a big show. And yeah. then after that, kind of meet some more people, and then fall down on the bus. And <laughs> uh, listen, this, the reviews of the show have been amazing. I haven't had a chance to see it. You guys haven't made it my way yet. We're de- we're down in South Florida. Um, hopefully, oh. hopefully that's somewhere down the road. But I'll ask you about that. So, uh, you know, you guys have been yeah. on the road now for a few months, uh, wrapping up the the North American leg, right, of the tour. Um, yeah. and then you're heading over to Europe for the summer, right? That sounds right. We're actually going to be heading over to Europe uh, in July. Right. How's the tour been going? I mean, like I said, the the response that I've read about has been amazing. Has it been different than other tours? Has it been better? Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot to report about the tour. I mean, the fact that we're doing the evening riff thing, that's been a long time kind of like coming and we haven't, haven't done that in a while. Right. There's a reason we haven't done it. It's, it's, number one, it's a whole lot of work and it's tiring. But, uh, you know, and, and just in many ways it's easier to take out an opening band and sometimes it's also a nice thing to bring out a, a, new, you know, a new band or another band and just kind of like, you know, present people with some music they haven't heard. But in this particular case, we felt like the demand from the promoters and from our audience themselves was so strong to have an evening with show from us that we really couldn't deny it. Um, we wanted, you know, we were trying to trying to give people what they want and what would make sense from the business point of view as well. And uh, so embarking on this was a lot of work, both to pull all the music together, but also when you're doing that kind of a show, you know, in, in our case, we really wanted to make it an experience. So we ended up putting a lot of extra time and thought and finances behind pulling together probably what's the biggest show we've, not even probably, the biggest show the Dream Theater has ever done. So, uh, and in doing that, it was, you know, it was definitely putting a lot of energy out there, but it's also taking a bit of a risk because, you know, you put your, you put yourself out there and, you know, you see what happens. Right. Especially in today's music business, which is so weird. You never know what's going on and usually it's not good news. <laughs> but uh, but I'm here to report that, you know, we have been um, very successful in getting a show out there that people seem to really, really love. Uh, the feedback, just the smiles, the, you know, the resonance in the room when we're playing is amazing. You know, the, the harder line feedback in terms of ticket numbers and, you know, that kind of stuff has been great. Everywhere we go, the ticket sales are up. Um, 
we've been having a great time just personally. Like we just feel really proud of what we created. Um, and so it's all it's all kind of good stuff. Although again, it's, you know, it's definitely more work than you know normal or a normal band would do because we're on stage for three hours. Right. But uh, it's very rewarding because we feel like we're at this really really cool point. You know, musically, personally, the band, and we put together a great show. And I feel like Dream Theater is definitely kind of hitting that next level that we've been kind of searching out. You know, especially in this country. Well, you know, it's something uh, that a lot of the fans, including myself, being a longtime, you know, avid fan, uh, that you could take pride in uh, being a, a supporter of a band like you guys. 20 years ago, it, it was, oh, oh, you like Dream Theater? Who is that? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, and now yeah. you guys have withstood the test of time and passed, you know, all the different bands that have come and gone. Uh, and, and you're bigger than ever. And it's sort of a, a great vindication in that regard, I think. Yeah, that's really awesome. I mean, you know, and it doesn't come again without a whole lot of work and commitment from everybody in this band. I mean, it's not only something that we're passionate about, but it is a serious you know, job for us. I mean, we have our families, and we're, you know, we're committed to them, we're committed to our music, we love what we do, and the whole thing has become a very serious kind of a, uh, you know, a responsibility, if you will, to, right. on every level to yeah. make great music and to do it right and to be smart about our business and to, you know, put on a good show and just make the albums cool and right. I'm curious about the decision uh, with the set list this time around. It's been pretty much the same every night from what I've seen and, and you went with the decision to play the second half of Awake and, and a portion of Scenes from Memory, I guess, as the encore. Was that sort of a no-brainer when you were putting the set list together or what was the decision-making there? I, would, I definitely wouldn't say it was a no-brainer um, in the sense that the set lists, you know, that are, are really considered very seriously. And, uh, you know, we're all ears to listen to our advisors, our fans, to do research, to figure out what's really going to be something that, that, you know, works and and makes a nice flow for the evening. So that was, that was really kind of carefully constructed. And that's, uh, you know, and that's the reason that we're taking this set list around the world it's almost like it's very much like going to see you know a Broadway show or something where it's just so tight and together our lighting people and our video people with all their cues and our staging right. and everything kind of works so, yeah so um, when fans go to see a show like that they're like why can't they play this song but you can't just change that around everything has to be uh, exact with everyone involved right well you know first of all it's a really long show Right, and things have changed, you know, in, in recent years with the perspective of the way that we operate. Um, you know, we we prefer to come into a concert situation and have everything really, really dialed, so it's as smooth as can be and, and as effective and powerful as can be. And that's what I think we're offering with our with our show like this. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of where our band brain is at and right. our crew is amazing and the lighting is incredible and you know you start throwing around different songs and everything I mean okay maybe it's kind of fun on one level but you're not going to get the show that you're getting right well I don't think any yeah. Dream Theater fan would complain with the songs anyway so three hour show yeah exactly <laughs> I mean you know you got to leave out something um, what are yeah. the highlights for you personally either either a song or a moment that sort of stands out for you on the tour well, uh, song-wise, I guess I would say it's really, really fun to play Eliminations from the new album. It just feels really kind of like 
large and powerful and it's at a good point in the show it's right before we come back to play some of the scene stuff it's a, right. it's a really kind of bold statement about where the band is these days and you know it's, uh, it's got this very cool like, middle section it's more orchestral I'm sure you know right. uh, and mellow but we've had this wonderful movie made by uh, an artist friend of mine named Thomas Pesaica and he uh, did some beautiful animation work and, uh, and it's kind of it's a little break actually for us because we, the movie plays, the orchestral music plays for a couple minutes and then we'll hit it again. Uh, but that, that song is definitely, you know, a highlight. And then, you know, touring wise, I mean, we played a really, really exciting show uh, up in Boston at the Boston Opera House with the mm. Berkeley College of Music. Oh, with the orchestra, and, uh, right. That filmed, yeah. So that should be coming out on the DVD. Fantastic. Any chance uh, for more U.S. shows following the, the Europe run? You know what? I'm not sure. Maybe. I mean, I guess there's some areas we didn't cover, so it's possible that I haven't heard. We got to get you down to Florida. I mean, you, you know, we, we, it's been a while. There you go. Put, yeah, put in a word for, sure. for us. What, uh, I'll call the management when I hang up. <laughs> I'll talk to them. <laughs> uh, what about uh, your live setup in terms of gear? And um, you're, you're really sort of uh, streamlined in, 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 with one keyboard as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago, you had all the guys with 20 keyboards and the whole thing. So, and has it changed for you this tour versus previous ones? Um, well, the main keyboard that I use in my show is Chord Chronos X. It's a very powerful 88-note controller, basically incredibly capable to do what you know I have to do with Dream Theater, which basically means playing a ton of sounds one right after the other yeah. uh, in very smooth succession, all kinds of splits and layers and everything. And, you know, I come from a background of working with synthesizers. I've been doing it for years just kind of getting my hands dirty and doing my own programming. I used to work for Korg in the old days and Kurzweil. And so I know how to make, you know, these things kind of work. And now the technology is so strong that I can get what I need uh, out of a Kronos, uh, you know, in a big way. But um, in addition to that, I also have some very cool gear that I use. Um, for one thing, on stage that's kind of attached to my main stand, I have my iPad which uh, I don't know if you know it, but I have my own app company. That well, absolutely. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, sure. So, so, for instance, during the show, I use three of the apps that my company makes. One is called Morphways, which was used on the, on the back of Angel's Tune. And then I use SampleWiz as part of Breaking All Illusions, which was on the last album. Uh, and then on the Enigma machine, I'm using uh, a really cool app called Geosynthesizer, which is really super playable, almost me burn. But it's like a, so I use that on one of the solos in the album, and I use that live on the stage as well. Oh, that's awesome. So um, I kind of get to, you know, use a little bit of my apps, which is really fun and to turn people on to the coolness factor they're in. Um, and, then, and then beyond that, I've also got a brand new keyboard that's called a Seaboard all one word, Seaboard. Uh, it's made by Rolly Labs, which is spelled R-O-L-I Labs. Okay. And uh, they're a company out of the UK that I actually do some work with. I'm the head of the music experience uh, with that company. And it's a really cool instrument because it kind of gives keyboard players the ability to have the expression that one might find uh, on a violin or a guitar or an instrument where you could do vibrato on each note or really like lay into one note and not the other and change the tone or the amplitude. 
So I'm just starting to use the Seaboard in my rig. It's an all-black, very thin, very cool keyboard, and it sits under my Continuum, which people know because I've used it before. The Continuum, of course, is, an all, is also an amazing instrument. It's, a, it's basically, you think that it's a flat surface. It's like a three-dimensional surface where I can play notes left to right, or I can play a note and actually move on the vertical grid and express something. Like in one of the sounds I use a lot, I get this cool feedback type of effect. Right. Um, and then finally, instrument-wise, I uh, have a couple of moments where I walk to the front of the stage with my Zen Ripper, which is a custom like uh, guitar. Right, I say I've seen that but, before. Uh, that thing's amazing. Yeah, Charles Nintendo, uh, you know, his company built me this amazing-looking you know thing, and that actually the sound of the Zen Ripper and the sound of the Continuum is they're actually plugged into Roland Vsense. So uh, uh, a couple of years back, I made some. I was asked by Roland to make some patches for the V-Synth. And um, well, after I made those patches, I was like, wow, these are some cool sounds. So I decided I would control, use those sounds and control them from not only the, the continuum, but also my Zen Ripper. Wow, that's awesome stuff. You, um, you've had a whole sort of second career with the apps uh, and the technology side. Uh, I mean, how, how do you find time to balance the two? And is it with the music business being what it is? Is that industry sort of almost easier for you to 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 do well in? If if you know what I mean. Well, you know the way my wisdom music company, of course, is wisdom with a Z. It's uh, it's a it's a work of it's just something that I love to do. You know, it's like it's not although it's made some money. It's not you know purely for the money in any way. It's not like my main job. Um, and through the years, it's sometimes made you know more money than other times, depending on what's being released. Um, but I keep it going because again, it's really fun and I like it, and it is some you know extra money for for the family. <laughs> um, but but time wise, I mean, it, I just do it around you know like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll like you know just like spend a little time on it, or even after the show, like last night I'm sitting on the bus. And I'm writing to my uh, user interface designer in Italy, and we're talking about you know, this new app that I'm going to be coming out with in May, and kind of making plans for that. So, I mean, my guys know that you know the guys I work with; they know I get pretty busy with the shows and you know with the craziness of touring. But everybody's really cool, and I have uh, you know some great developers and some good support. And I'm always working on really you know things that are of real interest to me, and things that I consider to be kind of next generation with music ideas. I'll tell you about this one that's coming out in May, give you a little pre- uh, preview uh, of what it's going to be. It's going to be called Harmony With, all one word, capital H, capital W. Okay. And uh, it's a, I, I consider it to be a minor musical miracle. <laughs> but, uh, one of the things you can do is you can take your finger and you can paint on the, on the touch surface and the notes fly off of your finger and fly into a musical staff. And you basically draw on a musical line, and then you simply hit this little button, this little harmony with magic button, if you will, uh-huh. and in less than like two seconds, it arranges in four or five five part counterpoint harmony <laughs> your, your piece. Because you can pass it set like yes, last night I was passing it around a table to some of my friends from Stanford University, and I said, here, draw something. They just kind of like draw something with their finger, hit the button, and literally, you know, just in seconds. They were. They had like a really, really great sounding piece, 
So you can say you want 54 measures, 8 measures, you know, 64 measures. So it's, uh, I'm really proud and excited to be uh, about to launch it in May. Where would that be available for people uh, to, to check out? It's, it's, yeah, it's an iOS app, so it'll be on the, uh, you know, the iTunes app store. So anybody with an iPad, it's not for iPhone, this particular uh, app, it's for, it's for iPad. Wow, that's, that's amazing stuff. If you have a minute, I'd like to ask you about uh, the recent solo record that you put out, the uh, Exploration. That'd and, be cool, uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. And, and just uh, see, you know, you, you're always putting out solo material. Uh, this time it's an orchestral CD. Uh, you know, what? why the move to make that record uh, at this time? And, and really, how do you decide on what you want to do solo-wise when you get a chance? Um, yes, I spend a lot of time thinking about it. I mean, uh Okay, so the last solo work that I did was kind of two-part. One of the things I wanted to do um, is make a, an album at my Steinway piano. I've got a beautiful Steinway nine-foot grand in my house, and I love it. And I love sitting down at it and just kind of vibing and getting into a you know a great headspace. And I thought, you know, it would be really cool to, to do that and to put out an album. And, you know, my, my, I've done like piano kind of albums before, but I wanted to do one that was kind of original music and more just really showing where my where my personal piano musical headspace is at. Right. And so I created an album called All That Is Now. Um, and both that album and the Explorations one, which I'll tell you about, were part of the Pledge Music campaign. Pledge Music is kind of like Kickstarter for music. Mm-hmm. It's uh, using this crowdfunding to kind of like, you know, fuel the whole thing. So I had this concept that I would put these two ideas together um, with this crowdfunding campaign. Uh, and actually both albums have now come out. Uh, although I haven't really, when I get home, I'm going to do a whole real publicity blast on everything. Because the orchestral one, is, uh, you know, needs to, people need to know what's going on, right. especially. But um, so it, it, the campaign was about the solo piano album and then in addition to the solo piano album, I decided since I'm the app guy that I wanted to have some, an interactive app that I could that I could release this album uh, you know, in that format as well. So I released Jordan Weirdest Explorers, which is the interactive version of all that is now. So somebody with uh, an iPhone or an iPad, iOS device basically, can download that and they can use gestures on the screen to kind of modify and change the music and then even share it with their friends and show them what they've done to the music. And that's available right now on the, on the uh, App Store. Awesome. In iTunes world. So, um, so it was that part. But then the bigger part of the Pledge Music campaign, and I say bigger because it's just playing more expensive to put on and more complicated, which is the orchestral part. A few years ago, I wrote this piece. It's like a concerto. It's called Explorations for Keyboard and Orchestra. And I brought it down to Venezuela and premiered it with, with the fellow who helped me to actually orchestrate it for the real instruments, um, a young protege of mine, his name is Aaron Bashpu, who actually happens to be the conductor and arranger of this you know, recent concert we did at Dream Theater. So after that concert, I decided that I really wanted to get this piece recorded properly. It was really important to me to get a great performance and get it recorded well. And uh, so fast forward to, to now, and that's, that's why I put together the Pledge Music campaign. Because I hooked up with, with um, an orchestra in Poland called the Sinfonietta Canzonas, and 
basically arranged with them, with the help of my wife, Danielle, who's a producer, to put together this whole thing where we get that orchestra in the studio for like over a month, rehearsing this piece, recording this piece. I flew to Poland. The whole thing, whole, you know, episode of an adventure. End result being that, uh, you know, we were able to release this album, and I think it came out really well. Uh, and it's called Explorations. Um, and that was the final part of this whole Pledge Music campaign that we did. It was very successful. That's great. Yeah, people should check that out. You also did a, a great CD that I that I like, um, sort of a covers tribute thing called The Road Home, where you uh, worked with a lot of Prague guys, Neil Morris and Stephen Wilson and... Uh, I think with Nick DeVirgilio yeah. and um, and even Kip Winger, which a lot of people might be surprised to be on there. And I had a chance to interview him recently, and he and he talked about it as well. Um, how do you get all those guys to join you on different records? You just call them up. Do you run into them? How do you do that? How do you do the thing? You know, certain guys I know, certain guys I didn't know. And the record company at the time knew, and you know, so it's a little bit different. Sometimes you just have to reach out and try to find the manager. Um, so with each guy, it's a different story, really. But it's a lot of work. For an album like The Road Home, which I actually, I was thinking about the other day, too, because uh, I hadn't really thought about it or heard it for a while. You know, it, it's just getting all that together, the whole, you know, the guest list, and then coordinating all the guests is, is as big a job as anything else. I will say that on my newest uh, orchestral album, besides the orchestra, I have uh, Guthrie Govan playing a really, really wonderful guitar solo during the orchestral version of Screaming Head. Yeah, he's and the only guest really besides the orchestra. And he's, uh, he's incredible. So listen, I, I just wanted to uh, ask you lastly, uh, you know, if there's plans already for an, another Dream Theater record, are you guys writing while you're on the road, and, and what are the plans moving forward? Well, we have a bunch more touring to do. As you know, we have a, a little break, and then we're going to tour some more, and then after we tour some more, we're going to tour some more, <laughs> which will lead us to the new year. Um, and then I'm sure, although we haven't really made a plan yet, um, we will get back and you know, start working on another record. We haven't really, you know, um, spent much time or any time writing it because we've been so busy on the road. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll get there. There's a whole lot more touring to do. Well, that's uh, that's great, and I know everybody will be thrilled for for anything you guys do. DVD, more touring, a new CD, all that. Uh, listen, Jordan, I appreciate you taking this time out to speak with me. Like I said, I'm a huge fan. Dream Theater has been my world for uh, 25 years. So, uh, any any time I get a chance to speak with one of you guys, it's a thrill, and I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time as well. I really appreciate right. it. Thanks to Jordan for the interview. We're going to close with a track off the latest Dream Theater. This is the track, The Looking Glass. For more information and upcoming interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Thanks. (laughs) 